congregation, is it wrong to go for your master's degree when you are in your 80s? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. The thing is, is it not too late? Should you not have pursued that earlier? Why, why, why waiting so long? Does it make sense to place new crowns but you're turning 90? Nothing wrong with that. But earlier would have been better. So not too many people over 30 still have braces. When you're younger, things are going easier. A young tree is flexible. When you have a young tree that is kind of bending a certain way, you would like to have it straight, you put a stick next to it, and you fasten it, and you force it to go straight up. With young tree that is possible, with old tree that is too late. And that's also with children. With raising children, the younger they are, the more flexible, and you have to use that time of flexibility to train them and to raise them properly. What I want to say is it has advantages to be young. When you're young, you can learn so much yet. Your conscience and character are not only genetically set, but it's also important that you get trained. And traumatic experiences, for example, and accidents and deaths and diseases can have a huge impact and be of a blessing for people and especially for young people. You know, I read it in Psalm 119. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. So the Lord often uses that same method, and he especially works when people are young as you also see in the text for this morning hour. Revelation 3, verse 27. Lamentations 3, verse 27. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. So far. The theme is bearing the yoke in your youth. With the help of the Lord, three thoughts. In the first place, a heavy yoke. Secondly, bearing it patiently. And in the third place, it's especially good for the youth. So bearing the yoke in your youth, a heavy yoke, bearing it patiently, it is especially good for youth. Congregation Jeremiah has seen it all. He's seen how the enemy came, the, 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 the military of Assyria. And they just burned the land and they destroyed the cities. And so many were killed. And now they also had taken Jerusalem captive. And they had entered into the town. And destroyed many houses. I see fire. I see Ruins, I see corpses, I see children crying. It's, it's terrible what they see. 
And Jeremiah wrote a poem about that. Probably somewhat later, right? A poem. And that poem is the Book of Lamentations. Five chapters. And it's symmetrical. It starts with 22 verses in chapter 1. 22 verses in chapter 2. 66, three times the amount of, of verses in the third chapter. And then 22 and 22 again. So he had in his mind to, do, to make a masterpiece of it. He, he was also an artist. So 22, 22, 66, 22, 22. And in the middle chapter, the third chapter, I think it's the only chapter in which he says constantly, I, I, I. In the other chapters, it's more our and the nation and Jerusalem. But here it is different in chapter 3. I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. So God is using the rod of his wrath, hitting the people of Israel's heart. And also he feels it. I am the man that has seen the affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has led me and brought me into darkness. It is so dark for me, Jeremiah exclaims. And there's no light against me. Is his hand turned? So I see the hand of God hitting me. It's against me, not in favor of me. My flesh and my skin has he made old. I'm an old man now. He has broken my bones. That's how I feel. Broken bones. I can't even walk anymore. He has built against me and compassed me with gall and travail. It's, it's so bitter, my life. I just not, I have no words for that. And he has sent me in darkness. He has hedged me about and put a, a fence around me. I can't go anywhere. And when I cry and shout, God doesn't listen to me. He's not listening. He shut out my prayer. He was unto me as a bear lying in wait and just attacking him as a lion in secret places. He has turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He has bent his bow. What are you bending a bow for? And he set me as a mark for the arrow. I'm the target. He has caused the arrows of his quiver to end into my range. It hurts. People are laughing at me. I was a derision to all my people. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made my, me drunk with wormwood. He has also broken my teeth with gravel stones. So how, how would it feel to have your mouth filled with gravel? And because all your teeth have, have been broken. That, that feeling. And it has removed my soul far off from peace. I have no peace whatsoever. I forget prosperity. I don't even remember to be happy. I'm so unhappy, I don't even remember the time that I could laugh. Thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forget prosperity. I said my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. I have no strength, I have no hope. It's nothing. 
remembering my affliction and my misery, the vormut and the gall. My soul has them still in remembrance, and I'm humbled in thee. So why is Jeremiah complaining? And why is he complaining a whole book long with all those five chapters and making even an, 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 a work of, of uh, a beautiful work of that? What, 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 what's, what's the meaning of that? Well, you kind of see it, right? It's the Lord's will that people so express their feelings. And that they don't say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they, they, they pretend to be fine, and they don't open up to others. But Jeremiah, is open, he's, he's honest, it's this reality. And he is complaining. He's also kind of accusing the Lord, I have to admit. It is he who is doing it. He who is wrong. Although once in a while he just also shows that it's not only the Lord, it's also his sin. So a heavy yoke. What is a yoke for? Yokes are usually wooden cross pieces fastened to the neck or the shoulders of animals to facilitate labor. And we're also used by individuals to balance a load suspended from the shoulders. And such also a symbol of subjection. So the Lord has laid that yoke on people. That yoke on you. It's good for a man that he bear the yoke. Bear the yoke. It, there's a yoke in, in the youth. I don't know what yoke your yoke is. You know, many things have happened. Maybe you're in situations that you don't like. There's so many hidden crosses. So often people are feeling sad and even their parents don't know what happened. And the parents see it as there's something wrong with her. She's so quiet. She's not home on time. She's, I don't know, there's, there's something going on. And they, they, they don't know, but they see it. That they have a yoke, a yoke on their shoulders, something heavy. This takes the energy out of them. And that's hard. So that's especially in this case happening to Jerusalem, right? I see in chapter 1. How does the city sit solitary that was full of people? How has she become as a widow? She was great among the nations and princes among the provinces. How has she become tributary? She weeps sore. So Jerusalem was such a beautiful city. Now it is a widow who can sleep and is crying at night. And her teeth are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They become their, her, her enemies. So the beautiful city 
had grievously sinned, right? So that was, that was the background. I show you in chapter 1, verse 8. Jerusalem has grievously sinned, therefore she is removed. All that honored her despise her because she have seen, they have seen her. And you see it in chapter, chapter 2, verse 1. How has he covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud in his anger and cast down from the heaven unto the earth the beauty of Israel and remember not his footstool in the day of his anger? And also in chapter 3, for example, in, in, in 2 verse 3 as well, he has cut off in his fierce anger all the horn of Israel. So because of sin, Israel has been led into captivity, and the Assyrians have destroyed the city. And he kind of knows it is because of our sins, but yet he is complaining. It's good for a man that he bent the yoke in his youth. So he, he knows the Lord has laid that burden on him. It is not fate. It is not by accident. So the Lord is laying burdens on people. The Lord is laying burdens on people in the sense that they must learn from that. So I see in Lamentations 3, verse 28, he sitteth alone and keepeth silence because he has borne it upon him. He has laid it on him. Somehow the Lord is in control of all things and even all the evil things. All the evil things are also controlled by him. As we see also in the, in the following verses. He giveth his cheek to him that smiteth him. He is filled full with reproach for the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he causes grief, he causes grief. Yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. Or look at verse 38. Out of the mouth of the Most High proceeded not evil and good. So evil things are also controlled by the Lord and often laid on the shoulders of young people. That they may, that they may bear it. And that they may benefit from it. Because who the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. When parents don't love the children, they allow everything. When they don't love them, they say, go ahead, your choice, fire me, no problem. Because they don't love them. But the Lord in his goodness gives burdens on people. And give crosses so that they may benefit from that. So that the tree becomes straight. So that the Lord influences them. And they will be mature earlier. And they will just learn so much from it. So don't forget, the Lord is laying those yokes on us. Do you have a yoke? 
Maybe you're not so young anymore. Maybe you're already an old man, an old, an old, old woman, elderly woman. Maybe you look back when you were young. You say, yes, I received those yokes at the early age already. I had those warnings, those traumatic experiences. And you go through deep ways, maybe. But you may benefit from that. But he has laid that yoke on you. But you know, that doesn't mean it is easy. And the Lord has not promised to give easy lives either. So a heavy yoke. Before we go to the next thought, it's not the heaviest, right? The heaviest yoke is laid on someone who had no sin. And he was receiving that heavy yoke of the wrath of the Almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, to so save a people from their sins. Let's go to the second thought, bearing it patiently. So Jeremiah in this third chapter is complaining and expressing his feelings. And then suddenly, the light is switched on. 21, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Really? Hope? Yes. 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Therefore I hope in him. See that? So, what this is saying, Jeremiah, what do you mean? Well, the same thing could have happened as happened to other nations. They were just decimated. They were just absolutely wiped off from the face of the earth. And because of God's mercies, they were not all concerned. Many survived. Many did not die. I see still people back in Jerusalem. I see still that people are not wounded. I see people being spared. It is of the Lord's mercies that they are not all consumed. So at first his glass was half empty. And now his glass is half full. His mercies of the Lord's mercies. You know, in the original word, there is the word chesed. C-H-E-D. E-S-M-E-N-E-D. Chesed, meaning loving kindness, goodness, covenant mercies. So because of the Lord's covenant mercies, he, he could not let the whole people perish. He could not have killed all people. The Lord Jesus had not been born yet. So the Lord yet was kind to that people. And they did not all die. Of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, his compassions fail not. 
still that compassion as a father has compassion over his children. So the Lord had compassion yet over them. So Jeremiah, he is seeing so much. He smells the, 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 the stench in the streets of a rotting flesh. He just sees such horrible things. He says, the Lord's mercies are not consumed. His compassions fail not. How can that be? In such circumstances, that's unreal. But he has had his eyes opened, and the Lord made it sure unto him that he is yet a good doing God. And he also tasted again is of the Lord's mercies that are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Every morning. So think of that manna in the desert. Every day it fell on the ground in the morning and they had to get out of the tents and gather it, right? Gather the, gather the, 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 the manna. And they could not get it for a couple of days because it would spoil. So every day they had to get out. Every day they had to go outside the tent. And go to the fields and just gathering the, the manna. And then they could bake with it and cook with it. And so, Jeremiah says, every morning, every morning when I open my eyes, I, I see something of that faithfulness. They are new every morning. So that's why a commentator recommended to use the first half hour of the day for him. And to have your focal point on the real things in the Bible. You know, when I talk to people and ask them, do you also read the Bible for yourself? So many are honest and say, I'm not a morning person. And I'm so busy, and at night I, I often am too tired. And I, I, I just... It's just so hard to take time to read the Bible. You know, why don't you just wake up and have an hour earlier then, or an hour? Get over it. You can do that. You can. And, what the, and the, the heavier your yokes are, the more reasons you have to begin in the morning with the Lord. They are new every morning. Every morning. Begin with the Lord and ask for the opening of it. Great is thy faithfulness. That's the experience of Jeremiah. You know, although the death was so deep, yet he experiences the faithfulness of God. Like Asaph in Psalm 73, I have cleansed my heart in vain. I washed my hands in innocency for all day long. Have I been plagued and chastened every morning? When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. My flesh and my heart faileth. 
but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. See that? The Lord, the Lord is my portion, verse 24. The Lord is my portion. So the circumstances have not changed. This, this, the, the city is still in ruins, and he's still he's the mourning, and so many have to be buried yet. It is devastating. It's horrible. But yet, in spite of all that, in, in seeing all this, he says, great is thy faithfulness. It's so unreal, isn't it? You know, the, 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 the whole book, complain after complain. Then saying, great is thy faithfulness. So his eyes are opened. So that is the only comfort in life and death. When disaster strikes, when the problems surface, we say, Lord, may I have that. May I have that mercy of the Lord. May I see that his compassions fail not. And that it's new every morning. The Lord is my portion. No, he doesn't say that he is God's portion. That is also true, of course. Because the Lord Jesus has paid the price for his people. And he owns them. He protects them. He chastises them. He trains them. He comforts them. He guides them. He's the good shepherd. He leads them. But at the same time, he also disciplines them, right? The Lord is my portion. Save my soul. Therefore, will I hope in him. So, there's still future. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. Be like instant gratification. We like to be helped right away. No. We like to have our problems solved immediately. That's not how the law works. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. So also for natural things. It is good for a man that he both hope and quiet to wait for the salvation of the Lord in those circumstances. Because we need not only the salvation of the problems in our lives, but we need the salvation of our soul, right? And now to wait for him and to hope in him and to say, Lord, I do not let thee go until thou gives it to me. It's good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. It's helpful. Remember the children of the prophet Hosea? One of the children was called Loemai. Loemai means low, not, am people, and my, my people. Not my people. You're not my people anymore. Sorry. And then he had to change the name of that child into am I, my people. So although they're not his people, those are my people. And they respond to that. Here it is. Hosea too. 
And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people. And they shall say, Oh, thou art my God. Thou art my God. So that is the comfort also in this chapter, to find comfort in the Lord. It is good for a man that he both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Not instantly, but in patience. And he does not afflict willingly, but is a good doing God. Therefore he put his mouth in the dust. If so be there may be hope, he giveth a cheek to him that smiteth him. You know, someone gives you a slap in the face. And you turn the other side to God. Say, Lord, whatever it is. He giveth a cheek to him that smiteth him. He is filled full with reproach, for the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he causes grief, yes, yes, he does, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he does not like to tease and to taunt and to make life difficult. He does not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. So brings to the third thought, especially good for youth. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. For individuals, it says, in his youth. Jeremiah must have met with a number of young people, many were orphans, many sat crying on the ruins of what used to be their homes. Think of a situation like now in Aleppo, Syria. It's absolutely devastating. And he, he fell for the young people. And therefore, he, he wrote this. It's good to, to bear the yoke in, in their youth. They may benefit from that. That's how the Lord works. His ways are so mysterious. You know, and the Bible speaks about young people in a certain way. Let me just show you. Ecclesiastes 11 and 12 and 7. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh for childhood and youth are vanity. So being young is often associated with vanity, with emptiness, with shallowness, with not thinking, just consuming. I want to be happy now. I don't think about the future. I can't care less about that. I want to have my will now. So youth is often vanity. And the Lord can use his disciplining hand to teach young people that they are not so vain, so empty, so shallow, so focused on this life. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. So the young 
the earlier years are, are good. They are especially the time to seek the Lord because you are the older you get, the harder you are. So that you shall say, I have no pleasure in that. So please, young people, even if you have a yoke or not, see that the Lord is warning you and that he wants you to not only think, but he wants you to repent. He wants you to seek him. He wants that to saving faith. That's what you are in need of. Ecclesiastes 7. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. You know, going to a party and get drunk, or almost, does that really add something, some happiness? Are you kidding? I don't believe a word of that. It just creates shallowness and not thinking. After you, you just regret it. And you feel the stupidity of it. But going to a funeral, if I may just make that contrast, going to a funeral. I don't like to go to funerals, you would say. That's not fun. But you know... It's better to go in the house of mourning than to go in the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. So that gives wisdom. And that's also true with experiences in this life that are not so happy at all. Just benefit from that. I ask the Lord, may I benefit from this? May I just thrive because of it? It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Good in what sense? It might lead to repentance. It might, might lead to humility. It might lead to feel dependent. It might lead to you, you pray in the hand. It might lead you to give you wisdom to help others. So, so many ways. So, do you have a burden? Do you have a yoke? Is it the yoke only of the consequence of sin, also the sin itself? Sometimes it's combined in the Bible. Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye that, are la- that, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you laboring and heavy laden? I mean, not, not only with all the problems in your life, but also you feel that you're a sinful person. Seek to come unto me with all those burdens. But think of the next verse in Matthew 11. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest and to your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that, that heavy burden, 
It's exciting, but the Lord can make it feel lighter when you benefit from that. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's also more than that. But that's kind of included here. Congregation, young people, I don't think it really makes sense to go for your master's degree when you're in your 80s. It's okay if you have the time, but you know, you, you won't benefit too, too much of it anymore. So the time of youth is so important to raise a child properly. The time of youth is so excellent to train a child in the ways of the Lord and to discipline them and to, in a loving way, discipline them. It's also a good time to seek the Lord. It's a good time to repent. It's a good time to seek him as he is the God of faithfulness so that the Lord may become your portion, not only the last two years of your life, but may it be at, at, at the early stage that you may find the Lord and have something to rely on the rest of your life. It's good for a man to be better yoke in his youth. Christ was also young yet, right? Not old, early 30s. And yet he was bearing the yoke so willingly. He had no sins. So willingly. Not my will, but thy will be done. And he gave it over in the hands of the Almighty God. And he rose from the dead. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he reigns from there. And he is looking for children and young people. And he wants, he's listening. Do I hear their cry? Do I hear their voice? Do I hear their complaints? And the Lord is a willing God. For the Lord is good unto them that wait for him. And to the soul that seeketh him. So let not Satan discourage you. Satan says it does not make any sense. Satan says, you know, it is for such a very, very few, you better give up. But the Lord says, seek me and live. Amen.